Hey guys, and welcome back. Hopefully back because hopefully you've been with us before. But if not, welcome to Parent Q Live with your host, Carlos Enrique Wittiger Guzman to Cabello, or Los for short, and Christina Ivy or Kristen Ivy. Kristen Ivy, yes. I, yeah, I still am jealous of the you, name. You, you got to, <laughs> which is fine, which is totally fine. Uh, here we are again um, having a conversation with each other. But, but here's something that's going to be really cool that I want our listeners to know is these conversations right now, if you've been keeping up in real time, have been coming every two weeks or so, I guess they've been coming. Well, guess what? Coming in a few weeks, we're going to be going to weekly conversations. So these Parent Q Live podcasts will be happening every single week. That's a lot of us. I mean, it's like we've been fr- like acquaintances, yeah. but we're going to get to be really like, good friends. Yes, friend zone is coming in fast. Every week. Every week. And you can call Kristen Chris. You can call Gablos Los. I mean, that's how, how often we're going to be hearing from each other. So make sure that you have that subscribe button pushed wherever you get your podcast from iTunes so that you don't have to wait to be reminded uh, to listen to us. We're, we're going to be knocking on your door in, you know, on your iPhone or whatever it may be every single week. So we're super excited about being able to give you guys more and more and more. That's the goal, right? More? Absolutely. Who doesn't want more? Who doesn't want more? <laughs> well, we're going to find out pretty soon <laughs> So, if they want more or not. So uh, listen, we're excited about that, but I'm also excited about something else. Today, Kristen, you are the one who shall be interviewed by myself. Most podcasts, we kind of open up the show and then we bring in another expert. Today, it's you, amiga. All right. Are you excited about this? I'm excited about it. This okay. is going to be a fun conversation. It is going to be a com- fun conversation. It's going to be, uh, actually, I really want you parents that are listening to this, um, I, I, I want you to pay a little bit more attention than maybe you normally do because today, this, uh, th- this could be really valuable right away. I'm talking about from Jump Street today, we're going to be talking about some things that I think you can apply into your parenting today. And so what I'm holding in my right hand, you guys can't see, is um, is a is a book, and underneath that book, I'm going to plop it down. Listen, Did you heard that? Underneath that book are 17 other books. So there's 18 books in total. Can you believe we're going to talk about 18 books today? That Kristen <laughs> decided to write 18 books. I don't know who, what sane human being would decide to do this, but just so you guys know, these are what are called phase guides. And Kristen, I'm just going to kind of open it up. What are these 18 books next to me right now? You know, whenever we would talk about 18 books, I'm glad you brought up how absolutely insane that is. Uh, Our producer of the podcast, lead editor of these face guides, um, Karen, would always tell me, just think like they're 18 chapters. Oh, okay. (laughs) So that was always kind of the encouragement along the way. That's good. I like that. Think 18 chapters. Long chapters. (laughs) That's great. But they are, uh, we call them a guide because instead of a whole lot of words and text and copy, they really are a guide to your parenting hmm. um, at every year of your kid's life. Because wow. here's the thing that we've discovered, and, and we've been on this phase journey for about four years now, which is just simply this idea that parenting is hard hmm. because your kids trick you. Right. Every time that you think you get to know your child, every time that you discover a new parenting thing that works and you're like, hey, I've finally figured this out. I think I'm hitting my rhythm. We've hit our stride. Then they change on you and everything falls apart. And so I I still remember early on um, parenting. I'm I'm thinking, 
hey, you know, now I've got this down. Like I've got a six-month-old. We're in a rhythm. Like we're figuring out. And then they start teething or they start sitting oh. up or something happens and changes in their world and it affects your relationship. It affects how you see them. And mm. that never stops. Right. Your kids are always changing year to year to year. So as a parent, sometimes we just need somebody to lean in and remind us strategically, mm. hey, 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 your kid is not necessarily <laughs> just crazy. Right. They're a sixth grader now. And the expectation that you have on them is that they're still a fifth grader, or you maybe even still see them as a fourth grader, and you're still picturing the kid that you thought you knew, right. but they've changed. Yeah. And as a sixth grader, they're acting the way a sixth grader would. Right. And so that's what this really is all about. It's just a way to lean into parents and go, okay, listen, your kid is always changing in six ways. They're changing mentally, physically, relationally, culturally, emotionally, morally, all the time. Mm. And time for a kid is different than it is for us it, as parents. Well, totally, because I, I, I know for me, my expectations do not change as quickly as my kids change. <laughs> and so I get frustrated because you're right. I expect them to be the same. At least, can you please at least give me 18 months of being the same? <laughs> but it just it, it just doesn't happen. So, so yeah, t- talk to us a little bit about that, about the kind of the time that we look at our, our children and, you know, we see time as adults a lot different than, I guess, really the truth of the matter is. Right. It's so easy for us as adults to get busy and in our lives, we've got so much going on. And so we let um, a week pass or a month pass or a year pass, and it doesn't feel like a lot of time to us, but it's actually been a very significant amount of time in the life of a child. Mm. Um, one example of this, I remember when I was leading a group of middle school girls a while back, and um, when you're leading groups of, of teenagers, our practice was we would meet once a week. And so I would show up every week, week after week for these middle school girls. Right. And I was there. I was consistent. I would show up every week, every week, every week. And I missed two in a row. Huh. Now, for me as an adult person, I just thought, you know, two weeks is really not that long. It sure. didn't feel like it had been very long. And yeah, I'd texted or checked in with these girls. But two weeks, let's just face it, like I didn't feel like a significant amount of time had passed. <laughs> right. But I got back into uh, this circle with these middle school girls. I'll never forget this. This girl looks up at me and just with kind of anger in her voice said, you know, I'm just not sure I can trust you because you're never here for me. Oh my gosh. And it was just this reminder of, hey, time for her for two weeks was a significant period of time. For a middle schooler, you could start dating, break up, date somebody else, and the whole story's changed in yes. two weeks. So yes. you got to remember, time is moving at a different pace for them. If you think back as an adult to your high school years, mm-hmm. that's where your memories maybe are some of the strongest. Those four years seem like they were an eternity to you. Yeah. Yeah. And yet four years in the life of us as an adult this, seems like it passes so fast. Th- just this. I hope you guys are listening to this because just that point about time and the way we view time, it, it's— this is mind-blowing for me. We were just talking to our kids about, hey, next summer, would you guys like to take three weeks and go, you know, let, let's, we'll go to Africa or France. You would have thought that I was asking my daughters to leave their friends for, th- <laughs> for three years. But things are going to change. And no, I can't be away from them for three, three weeks. And again, for me, I thought those three weeks were nothing. But for them, three weeks is a long time. It's a long time. And they're changing They're changing faster than we realize. So mm. much of what happens in our children when they're especially in those younger years, yeah. it's hard to see on the 
outside. I mean, that's why we have those growth charts to measure their height as it grows because we don't even realize sometimes that they're growing and then we turn around and we're like, why are your pants halfway up your leg? I just bought you pants yesterday. Um, But that's an expression of all the changes that are also happening internally and emotionally as they're figuring out their identity, as they're figuring out who they are. So we wanted to simplify Mm -hmm. a resource to lean into parents at every new year in their kid's life. It's just kind of a little cue, a little prompt that we could say, hey, hey, when your kid begins a new year, just take a few minutes to pause and step back and imagine what it's like, again, to be a second grader. Imagine what their world is like now as a fourth grader. Um, And so this is a little bit of an exercise in empathy to point out, here are some things that are normal for your kid at Mm. this stage, at this phase of life. Here are some of the ways that they're changing so that you really can begin to identify what their world is like and how you're going to rediscover them this year. Love it, love it. Let's um, let, let's go ahead and just get a little practical and dive into some of these uh, some of these books. So th- th- there's 18 of them, and I'm just I just pulled out I pulled out parenting your eighth grader because this is a phase that I'm currently in. And even before I open it, okay, even before I open it, you guys actually have the phase uh, <laughs> kind of a title of the phase listed on the cover, and this one says parenting your eighth grader. A guide to making the most of the, here's the phase. Yeah, I know, phase. Again, right away, you guys have pinpointed my daughter. <laughs> she knows absolutely everything now. And now before I even open it, I realize, oh, you know what? This is normal, apparently. This is yeah. normal. So That's not on accident, Carlos. Okay. I would just say we spent, I guess, so this is a four-year-long project. We've been interviewing educators, parents, counselors, I mean, everybody who works with kids and teenagers, putting them in rooms, asking them questions. And so even things like those phrases, if we began to surface, <laughs> you you hear the themes yeah. and what people say over and over and over again. And uh, people who work with middle schoolers, I'm just going to say a shout out. They are some of my favorite people shout on the planet. Out. Those are some amazing human beings. <laughs> um, but they would come in and say some of the same things over and over again. So those themes like, just eighth graders have this confidence. They know everything. Right. And so we kind of came up with these phrases by just listening to the people who are hanging out with kids and teenagers. I love it. I love it. So we've got seventh grade, the who's going phase, the sixth grade, who cares phase. I, I love it. I, I think, again, those things just draw people in. Um, so as we pop these things open, um, it looks like a massive section of um, of the book. There, there's a lot of places for parents to write in these things. There, there's a lot of questions. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about how they're kind of laid out. So we went with this format for one specific reason, and that is because we don't know your child. So like, we don't know your eighth grader, Carlos, but what we've discovered is that through our interviews and research, we've been reading child development books and all the things, we know a few things about eighth graders in general. Yep. And so we wanted to be able to share those to say, okay, here are a few things about eighth graders in general that might help you rediscover your daughter, yeah. but also give you an opportunity to reflect with what you know specifically about your daughter. That's so good. here's what we know about eighth graders in general. Mm-hmm. Here's what you know about your daughter specifically. And when you put those two things together, that's what will really help you get more intentional with the time and the opportunities that you that's have good. this year. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. Um, being able to, again, take the general idea of who eighth grader is combined with my crazy eighth grader, and and hopefully land at a place where uh, one of the things that's in every single book, every single book has uh, six things that your kid needs. Now, I'm assuming that those things stay the same, yet 
shift as well. Tell us a little bit about this. Yeah. So those are the six things that we say every kid needs at every phase. And actually, we talked about those six things right here on Parent Q Live on episode number 27. Back in the day. If you go back into the archive, Parent Q Live episode 27, we were already talking about these six things. We've been talking about these six things for a while. Mm -hmm. They're the same six things at every phase. So that's the good news. Um, And so what we wanted to do is help make it really specific and practical and applicable for every year of your kid's life. So here's what that looks like. The six things that your kid needs, they need love over time to prove that they have worth. They need stories over time to help shape their perspective. Every kid needs words over time that will set their direction. Every kid needs tribes over time that will help them belong. Every kid needs work over time that will give them a sense of purpose. And every kid needs fun over time to give them a sense of connection. So those are just, those are the six things that every kid needs at every phase. But we wanted to get really practical and specific about that. So take stories, for example. Okay. If every kid needs stories over time, one of the ways that you can give your kids stories is just through books. Yeah. So we went around and we interviewed educators and librarians and people who just love books. And we wanted to go, okay, what are the best books that you might want to read with your kid this year? Mm-hmm. And so we have a book list yeah. that will say, here are the books you could read with your kid this year. Of course, as they get older, we kind of move into here are books they might be reading that you right. might want to read too, so you can have better conversations. So there's an actual book list. But there's an actual book list. Awesome. No, that, that's great. So so we hit those six things. Um, and it looks like as I'm flipping through these pages, I mean, you're actually giving us cues, literal cues in, in conversations. Right. So there's, if, if they need fun, there's ways to play with them or ways to have fun and engage them. Oh, it's so it's just simple, practical lists that will help you give them the six things that they need right now, this year in the phase that they're in. And, you know, some of the suggestions may work great in your home. Some of them, you may say, Hey, I tried that with my kid. You know, they're not an apples to apples kind of kid or sure, whatever yeah. the game is. And, yeah. and these are just ideas to kind of get you started yeah. um, so that you can begin to apply those six things in the life of of your kid this year. I, I love that. So every single one of these guides has those six things. And again, they're applicable to that season of life that, that your child is in. So that that's that's a big chunk of these guides, but there's also another big chunk of the guides. Uh, and, and it's labeled as four conversations to have in this phase. Speak right. to us. Well, these are the conversations that I love to talk about because they're the conversations that are so easy not to have. Um, in my house, we have a lot of conversations that are about urgent things, yeah. like who's going to take our kids to baseball? You know, have we gotten school lunches ordered? Um, it's just all the things that you know have to be talked about right. on an average day just to get through the day or the week. Um, we also have a lot of reactionary conversations that we're responding to something crazy. And um, these are about conversations that you have to be a little more intentional about. The reason I love to talk about these four things is because as parents, so often we just don't anticipate what we don't anticipate. We don't we aren't able to look into our future and anticipate some of the things that we that have are, no idea. That we have no idea that that we're not thinking about. Um I still remember this time in my own parenting early on. My son was four at the time, my daughter was two, she was kind of potty training. We were in the middle of bedtime routine. You know, to take a bath and you brush your teeth and you're right. getting all the things kind of calmed down for bedtime. And I was probably running back and down the hall doing laundry or so, I don't know, some sure. crazy thing. And I'm going down the hall and I happen to look to my right 
into the kids' bathroom, and I just happen to notice that my son is going to the bathroom, going potty, while his sister is sitting on the potty. Oh, (laughs) at the same time. At the same time. And for me, it was just this moment of thinking, you know, I never had anticipated that I was going to have to sit face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball with another human being and have (laughs) this conversation. Right. Hey, bud. We don't go potty at the same time. We don't share potties in the Ivy house. We go one at a time. I'm thinking nobody prepared me as a mom. Nobody prepared me as a parent. There's no book or resource that said, hey, you might have to have this conversation. Um, Because there's some things in life you just can't anticipate. Right. Parenting (laughs) little humans is unpredictable and it's crazy. But there's also some things you can anticipate. And you can anticipate that your two-year-old is going to start throwing some tantrums. Right. You can anticipate that your five or six-year-old is going to lose a tooth. You know, you can anticipate that your third grader is going to have a conflict with a friend and not know how to resolve and forgive and mm. get past how to navigate conflicts with their friends. So there are some things you can anticipate. And yet, so often, it's even those things that yeah. we fail to anticipate because life is so busy. Absolutely. And so we're so busy. We're thinking about all the other things. Um, I still remember, actually— I gave the example of losing a tooth. Right. My son had been wiggling his tooth forever, and we knew it was loose, and we were kind of cheering him on, and like you know, it's still it's still loose, and I kind of love it. Like I want to I want to wiggle it because I think it's so cool. And my right. husband it freaks him out. He's like, just don't don't show me yes. when you're doing that. And um, so I mean, it's not like we hadn't known that this was happening, and yet still, the day I still remember the day he lost his first tooth. Um, he's our oldest child, so he's our you know test pilot. Yes. <laughs> he's the one From going beta. He's he's the beta kid. Beta kid, absolutely. And the day he lost his first tooth, we you know got so excited. We celebrated. We took a picture, and then I realized for the first time it hit me that it was after banking hours, and the Ivies don't have cash no, in the house, and there had just been this massive failure to anticipate that. We were going to need to have cash yeah. in that moment. I had to have another parent later tell me the secret to how to navigate that situation, yes. which is to borrow from the piggy bank oh, <laughs> because absolutely. that's the cash deposit in your home. So you're um, telling me you didn't lay a credit card under his pillow? No. Oh, okay. I, I think I think the tooth fairy may have just missed our house that <laughs> right. night because we really didn't know what to do. But, but there are some things that you can anticipate yeah. in life. And so— we want to help parents anticipate the conversations that they need to be having in the face that they're having them because, honestly, there's just too much at stake not to. Right. In phase, we've done all this research. We've begun to see more and more stats. And as they hit us and really hit home, it's important for us to just be aware sometimes of the things that are happening in the culture when it comes to our kids and our mm-hmm. teenagers. So our four critical issues are helping our kids grow in healthy habits. Okay grow with sexual integrity, Uh have technological responsibility, um, and develop an authentic faith. And yet we can sometimes miss the things that are happening in their world that we need to know about so that we can have better conversations. For example, uh, 38% of middle school boys report using protein supplements. Wow. Now that doesn't mean that your son is using protein supplements if he's a middle school boy, or that a kid who's using protein supplements, you know, that there's a major thing. But it's kind of a flag to us to go, Absolutely. hey, this is something that tells us about the culture and the pressure that's on our middle school boys mm. 
that 38% of them have resorted to using protein supplements to maintain some kind of a body image. So what do we need to be aware of as parents as we're having conversations um, with our sons? 17% of high schoolers drink, smoke, or use some drugs during the school day. Really? Now, that's not at all. That 17% are saying, I need some kind of supplement, some kind of, you know, drink, smoke, drugs, just to manage the pressure and the stress and the things that I'm trying to cope with during the average school day. Wow. That's kind of a flag. We need to have some better conversations. 14 years old is the average age that a kid begins cutting or self-harm. Now, I know as a parent, I've been working with teenagers for a long time, but it's hard to anticipate that that's your child's world. Sure. That now they're actually in that environment. But we can anticipate and say, okay, your kid might even have a friend who or know somebody who is doing this um, and self-harm has entered the picture. We have to have a conversation around that. 61% of 18-year-olds report being sexually active. That percentage actually starts at about 2% in the sixth grade, and it jumps pretty drastically throughout middle school years that by the time they enter ninth grade, it's at around 30%. um, And then it goes up by about 10% every year from there. Um, Those are self-reported numbers. Anytime that I've had a chance to speak with health professionals around our country, um, they always, always, always inform me that that number is actually higher um, than what it seems. Um, But again, that's just to shift and change our perspective on how we have conversations with our kids and teenagers when we understand the reality of what's happening in the world around them. 43% of children have used social media to message a stranger. I don't even think they know they're doing it. When I look at that stat, I have to think, you know, most elementary school kids probably don't know um, who they're connected with online or why they're connecting online or what the risks might be. Even games. They're able to chat and communicate with strangers in video games. But it's just a way for us as parents to remember and go, okay, hey, you've got to be having conversations. And here's something we've learned over time, which is kids are keen observers, but they're poor interpreters. Mm. That means kids are watching everything. They're noticing everything that's happening in the world around them. But sometimes they're not very good at interpreting motive or interpreting why things are the way they are or interpreting what something actually means. So what that requires of us as parents is a conversation. It really is having some intentionality to go, hey, this thing that happened, let's talk together about why. Um, Let's really have a moment to sit down and explain what's going on here. And yeah. so that's why we wanted to put it in the context of a conversation. There are simple things you can say to your kid every year that will just kind of help shape the way that they view some of the critical issues that they're dealing with in their life, whether that's sexual integrity, healthy habits, technological responsibility, or authentic faith. You want to help give them a perspective and a lens on that conversation. Tell me this. So there's a parent listening to this who thinks that, that's great. There are there's these conversations that I've got to have with my kid. My kid can't talk. My kid's one. Like what, what, <laughs> so so do I do I wait until my kid's four to to start getting these guides or are are these conversations things that that we can learn about as we have infants and babies and talk right. to us a little bit about that. So we actually take each one of those four critical issues and we have mapped out from birth all the way through graduation how do you have these conversations? So it may sound ridiculous to go, okay, you could talk about this with your baby, but you actually yeah. can. There's some very, very simple things that you can begin to talk about 
even if you have a new baby. So mm. take, for example, the issue of sexual integrity. And yeah. We've talked about this a little bit as well on, on this podcast as these ideas have unfolded. But if you want someday for your kid to grow up with sexual integrity, you can begin as early as their first year of life just saying things over them as you hold them about, you know, mm. God made you well. God made your beautiful eyes. God made your pretty little hands. I mean, yeah. you just say some things over them so that they begin to see that God made their body, God made their body well. And so the conversation obviously advances from there, but at every phase, we wanted to script it out for a parent. So there's mm -hmm. a scripting to it. There is. There, says, there's an actual scripting in here. Say this. If you don't do anything else this year, just <laughs> say this a couple of times, and it will raise the bar on proactive conversations about how to help your kid um, grow up in these four areas. I, I love that. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and open up to parenting your sixth grader and maybe some of these conversations, right? Some scripting that you guys have here. Uh, this is within technological responsibility, okay? Because um, again, uh, sometimes with, with phones and devices, when we start getting into middle school and high school, um, parents know less about those things than the kids do, right? <laughs> our, we, we, we feel like, gosh, our kids are just getting faster and faster. And, and I love this. Say things like, I need your phone at 7 p.m. every night. Um, say things like, let me find out more about that and I will let you know. So, so it, it sounds like, like you're, you're really giving us um, ways to say things to our, at this point, sixth grader that is going to make them trust, be, be trusting in the conversation and comfortable right. in the conversation. Right. It's really just been a journey of collecting some best practices from parents, yeah. um, reading what researchers have kind of suggested, and boiling that down to simple words that we can say that will just kind of guide our steps as we go, okay, what are the kind of things you might want to be saying in this year with yeah. your child. Yeah. Um, you know, when I take a look at these at these books, guides, whatever we want to call them, um, th there really is nothing else like it out there uh, on the market. I mean, I, I've looked for these. I, I've, been, <laughs> I've been looking for something like this. And I, and I know that these are advanced reader copies I'm holding. I may just take them home and steal them from you. Um, but talk to us a little bit about maybe the beginnings of this. Like, like wh where did this idea come from? How did, how was this thing, I hate to use the word birthed, but birthed? Well, I still remember the day that we kind of came up with just the idea of this in general, because I, I know as a parent, one of the first things that started happening to me is I would get into a situation where I would feel frustrated or I would feel really tired or be like, I just don't know if I can do this. Mm. If I'm really honest anymore, this is hard work. Um, and usually the way that we encourage each other as parents, which is just kind of a funny phenomenon as well, we'll say, don't worry, this is just a phase. Oh, and yeah. what we mean by that is it will pass. And, you know, all you got to do is kind of get, you know, hunker down, mm -hmm. get through it, and it'll get better. Yeah. But what if instead of that kind of uh, mentality or that kind of thinking, we could redeem that phrase and say, actually, it is just a phase. And you only get one year with your child in, a, in the second grade, for yeah. example, while they're a second grader. There's 52 weeks to know them as a second grader, and they will never be a second grader again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It, it feels emotional, but it's also a really powerful way to think about our parenting. Because, because in those 52 weeks, there will be challenges that you'll think, I'm not equipped to handle this challenge. Mm. I don't know how to deal with this situation. But if you can begin to see the potential of what can happen in these 52 weeks. We know that the first 18 years of a person's life are unlike 
any other time in their existence. The way that we are kind of moldable and the way that we've been designed to really grow up through the first 18 years of life to figure out our identity and who we are, it sets the stage for everything to follow. And there are unique windows of time in a person's life as they're growing up that we could lean in as parents and find those opportunities, those moments of opportunity, and use those to help move our kids toward a better future. Wow. No, that that's, gosh, it's so good. So would you recommend parents just kind of uh, go and, and pick up the one book for their kids' season? Or would you recommend, you know, grabbing all these things at one time? <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah. Um, actually, we design these in a, a couple of different things, I would say yeah. to that. Um, you know, we intend for a parent to get just the one that is Absolutely. really specific to you right now. Um, because a lot of the resources that we were kind of combing through, they were so comprehensive. I'm thinking, oh, I want to circle this point and try to remember it seven years from now. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to remember it seven years from now. We tried to kind of boil it down and separate it out and go, okay, here's what you need to know right now. Right. And you don't have to remember it seven years from now or four years from now when it's applicable. This is what works for you right now in, in these 52 weeks. So you just need to get the one that applies to you today. Okay. Um, but we also were intentional about designing these. so. You could use this on your own as a parent uh-huh. and just, you know, you you reflect, you write, you use this for your own family. Um, but the questions kind of have some similarity to them from okay. book to book. So if you wanted to get in a group setting with other parents, yeah. even if those other parents have kids in different phases or different stages, you're going to be kind of wrestling with the same stuff and asking yourself similar questions. So it would still work even in the context of community. If you're kind of going, okay, we all want to get better as parents. Um, you could share ideas back and forth with each other because there's a lot of similarity. Well, and and also just to, so the listeners know, again, as I'm, I'm holding, these aren't 500 page guides. Like, like I, they're not, they're not these massive um, guides. They're, they're, they're pretty small. There's a lot so, of pictures. There's a lot of pictures, you know, for us dads. No, no, just kidding. Uh, there are a lot of pictures. Um, but, uh, and, and there's a lot of space for, again, you to write things down and uh, study your parenting and study your kids. And uh, Kristen, I, I think that these are going to be a game changer for you guys. So along with uh, the books, really Parent Q and Phase Project, there's a whole lot of other resources that go alongside with these, right? Yeah. I mean, this, again, this has been a four-year journey for us so far. This is the next expression of that journey. The Phase Project is going to continue. We have plans for the next five years. We have more ideas on how we want to implement this and help you. This is just, yeah, this is the beginning. This is one more step in the journey. And so I'm so excited about um, everything else that's going to be coming along through Phase as we continue. In fact, one of the things that we have launched just recently is a new ParentQ app. An app for parenting. Oh my gosh, what do I do? Well, download the app. It's free. It is free. So there's the app right now. (laughs) Do you hear that? (laughs) So good. It's free because we all like free stuff. And you can actually download the ParentQ app through the Apple Store or through Android. Yep. Um, and you can put that on your phone. You enter in your child's birthday, and it will give you a countdown of it, the number of weeks you have left from today until does. they're going to graduate. It does. So it's your countdown clock. And, and it also has, I'm kind of scrolling through the app here, it has a picture of my beautiful daughter. It shows 166 weeks until graduation, my oldest. Uh, read this. It gives you prompts to read this, remember this, talk about this. 
Um, yeah, so so it, it this is again another resource that goes alongside. They really everything that well, we're trying to put out goes along with each other. Um, also, just so you guys know, we, we've got some phase guides for the people that are listening to this podcast. So if you guys want to go to theparentq.org slash phase guides, what are some of these guides that they'll be able to download? Um, so you can, you'll get the link right there in the show notes to go and purchase these at phaseguides.com. You'll also get some free printables that will take some of the pictures in the yeah. book, some of the yeah. kind of pieces we want you to keep in front of you as a parent. You can um, print those off, you know, keep those around your house. They were actually designed so they would fit in a five by seven frame if you want to frame them and put them somewhere around your house to remember. Oh. You can print those off uh, just to kind of keep the ideas in front of you. Yeah. And we'll also give you ways that you could share and talk about this idea of yeah. it's just a phase. We don't want to miss it as parents. Gosh, it's, it's so good. It just really gives parents like me a way to not accidentally parent my kids, but mm. to parent them on purpose. So uh, I appreciate it. Listeners, make sure you guys go to, again, theparentq.org slash phase guides. Um, and yeah, and begin to dive into this idea that it's a phase, just don't miss it. Yeah. And actually you hinted at the very beginning of this show that we're going to go weekly and we're yeah. so excited that the way that we're going to go weekly next month is that we're going to bring in some of our favorite educators that we've talked to throughout this process. And we're going to have some conversations with them. So you can hear directly from some of these leaders about so what it's good. like because we know that this is a season when you're probably thinking about the year ahead and how it's going to kick off for you. Maybe your kid's starting school for the first time. They're going into elementary school. Maybe they're hitting fourth grade or they're a sixth grader entering middle school and ninth grader entering high school. We want to be able to have some conversations um, just with some of those leaders to yeah. help you understand what you can look forward to, what you can expect, what are the distinctive opportunities um, that you don't want to miss in your kid's life. So when we go weekly, we're going to go weekly um, our first month, we'll, right out the gate, will be this concept Boom. of understanding phases. Right then, right then. So, and, and I love that it's right before school. So, I mean, that, that's when we're jumping in, or unless you're listening to this after school starts. But uh, guys, make sure that you don't miss out on these phase guides. Uh, Kristen, thanks for um, really diving into the heartbeat behind it, uh, explaining exactly what these things are. I think it's going to be a game changer for so many parents. Friends, thank you so much again for hanging out with Christina and myself here on Parent Q Live. We really honestly do appreciate you guys so much, uh, especially as we jump into this thing week by week. You will become familia very quickly. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever, wherever podcasts are downloaded. Uh, make sure you're rating us. Make sure you're subscribing. And more than anything, make sure that you guys are taking these cues, parenting on purpose, because it is just a phase. So don't miss it.